when there's something inside of us screaming for something else. Having the courage to listen to that voice is authenticity. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of Aiken Grow at Life. My name is Andy Gray. Thanks for joining us for some conversations with some pretty inspiring people. Aiken Grow at Life is all about authenticity. And in particular, we share stories of reinvention, people that have the wherewithal to reevaluate what they're doing with their lives and then go forward in a way that's more congruent for them. Eric Prue is someone who not only has reinvented his own life, but also shares the stories of others who have done the same. After unexpectedly losing his job as an advertising executive, Eric embraced documentary filmmaking and made a compelling film called Lemonade about several people who, in Eric's words, lost their jobs and discovered their calling. I've enjoyed watching Eric's films and connecting with him in person at a recent event we both attended in Fargo. Here's our conversation. I'm talking today to Eric Prue, who's an independent filmmaker, former creative professional, and, well, I guess current creative professional exploring a bunch of interesting things, including expressing himself and bringing light to some interesting issues through film. Eric, welcome to A Congruent Life. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad that we were able to connect in this way. We had a fantastic connection in uh, Fargo, of all places, over the last right? couple of weeks. Of Far- all places. Yeah. Fargo, North Dakota. Who would have thought that our paths would cross there? But it sounds like maybe our paths have actually crossed in other ways. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I got to say that uh, one of the highlights for uh, Misfit Con, which was the, I don't know if you can call it a conference, but the event that we were sort of mutually attending there in Fargo. And one of the highlights of that event for both uh, my partner, Maisie, and I was actually watching your film called Lemonade Detroit. And it wasn't so much the film as the way that you introduced that film with so much, let's say, soul and profound insight. You know, it wasn't like this big analytical metaphor. It was just this time that you shared sort of your journey and your approach to the film with our audience. So I just got to say up, up top, thanks for sharing yourself with, with us and with the audience in that way and, and sharing that film with us. You're very welcome. So let's just start, Eric. Can you give us a quick introduction to who you are and what you're up to? Who I am. <laughs> who I am doesn't have to be too difficult of a question, but whatever <laughs> you want to share to sort of... Uh... Well, that's a, that, I think we, we, we started to get into that before uh, you, you, you started rolling, but um, no, so I, well, what I am or what I've done are two very different things, and they've actually, they've actually, they've actually been topics of, of uh, discussion privately and publicly, you know, d- separating the who who you are from what you do um is is been an important part of my uh, my work and my um and my thought process is my own journey and my filmmaking um but uh what i do is a long way into into entering your question is uh um 
Uh, I'm a filmmaker now, uh, for, but prior to this, for 15 years or so, I was uh, an advertising creative. I worked for different agencies around the country um, as a writer, uh, associate creative director, creative director, coming up with ideas for, for clients and, um, and, and, you know, uh, getting them on, on TV and commercials or billboards or print ads or web ads or radio ads or whatever. I mean, I was the, I was the, the maker of the words and the generator of the ideas behind them, um, for most of my career. And then, uh, in 2008, uh, like so many other people in 2008, I lost my job and uh and and decided to to do something else with my life and took all the creative passion i had for coming up with ideas and um and 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 connecting with an audience and and tried doing it in a longer format so i made a, a documentary film um not ironically uh and not coincidentally about uh advertising professionals who got laid off and reinvented themselves and that film was called lemonade and uh, since then, I, I got the bug. I got the bug in, in terms of the pure form of storytelling, that is document that is documentaries, and uh, and have made uh, made a second documentary called Lemonade Detroit, which is which I shared in Fargo, and then a third feature like documentary um, called Three Hundred Sixty Five Days, A Year in Happy Valley, which was about uh, everything that happened in uh, in Pennsylvania at Penn State. Um, after, after the Jerry Sandusky, um, for lack of a better word, scandal and how the community responded and how, um, there were, you know, people did or did not, uh, move on or did or did not forgive, um, you know, a, a whole multitude of people, including Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno and the board of trustees at Penn state. And, um, you know, we, we make a parallel to the, the Amish community in, in Nicolai, Pennsylvania, um, which is a whole. Uh, it's a really hard movie to 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 summarize in a sentence or two, but uh, uh, something I'm really proud of. Well, there's a lot of stuff we could dig into in what you just said, and I think your introductory comment about separating who you are from what you do is precisely the reason that I wanted to talk to you today and sort of share your story on the show. We, we put so much energy into defining who we are and how that shows up in the world. But the experience that you described in 2008, where all of a sudden you lost your job, I imagine that was somewhat unexpected and probably had a big blow to your sense of identity, particularly professional identity, but I imagine personally as well. Well, yeah, I, th I think I, I had always, I, I, I spent a lot of um, energy and money uh, becoming a copywriter and in advertising because you know being able to call myself an ad guy being able to call myself you know eric my name's eric and i'm a copywriter um you know i, I went i i went to ad school um you know i went to the university of new hampshire um graduated you know in 1993 um many, many years ago i guess now at this point uh, but after that uh, you know, without really having a, a clear sense of what I wanted to do with my English degree, um, I saw a, a commercial on TV that really connected with me. It was for the United Way, and it was um, this really beautifully produced, beautifully written, profound, heartstring pulling commercial that um, hit me over the head like a ton of bricks, saying, "You know, somebody had to write this." And I, I all at once, I was like, "This is what I got to do for a living." 
so I investigated. I started I, I started um, taking some classes and um, eventually went to a, a, a full time advertising program in Atlanta called the Creative Circus. And uh, it, it was from there that I um, that I you know developed my career as as an ad guy. You know as as uh, as a as a Don Draper type person who um, you know without all the money, women, and booze. <laughs> you know? um, but you know, the, but but I, I use that example because that's the, the clearest definition of what I did for a living is, was just come up with ideas for for ads and sell them to clients and um, go on TV productions and um, you know for commercial shoots and uh, um, so for many years. Uh, almost 15 I I that's that was my identity you know I I, I am Eric and I'm an ad guy I'm an Eric I'm a, I'm a copywriter and and they're you know I am Eric and I am a copywriter became one and the same and it wasn't until I lost my job in 2008 that I saw a separation between the two that all of a sudden okay Today, after I lost my job, I'm not a copywriter anymore. I'm only Eric. <laughs> I still write ads. I'm still freelancing, but I'm Eric. And what does that mean? And and I would say since then, it's been a, a discovery, a constant discovery of of um, re-identifying myself with with just me, and and not attaching it so. Um, uh, so so deeply and personally with my job title because uh, the job title can change uh, but who you are you know can evolve but you're still you know you're still Andy Gray you know I'm, I'm still Eric Prue and and d- d- despite what your business card says you are you you, you still have uh, uh, something that that defines you but it's only, it can only come from you and not from what you do, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that does make good sense. Thanks. So you have this experience of many years of defining yourself as Eric, the copywriter, Eric, the ad guy. And then all of a sudden that comes to a screeching halt. Yes. You know, you, you lost your job. Your world is upturned. And what's next so so how did you connect the dots between this potential loss of identity or at least the loss of the identity that you had known and this project of building a movie to tell those stories the the first thing i did um so a little a little history before 2008 is i i you know having spent 15 years in the business of advertising is very cyclical i mean um Agencies win business and they staff up, they lose business and they shed. It just happens. It's just almost expected. I mean, people getting laid off is not uncommon. Um, and so this was actually the third time over, over my career that I had, I had gotten laid off. The previous two times I had, um, got right back in the job pool. I mean, I was talented enough where, where, you know, I, I, I was unemployed for very long. Um, I had to relocate cities to, 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 to get my next job, but I, I, I did, I did get on land on my feet, and, and it wasn't wasn't very long before I was working again. But 2008 was a little different. I mean, I, I asked myself if I if I wanted to get back into it, um, and uh, you know, which was the first big question that uh, the first big difference and um, compared to previous 
layoffs was do do I do I want to do this again? Uh, and the second was that even if I did want to, you know, no, nobody was hiring. <laughs> it, it was it was the Great Recession. Ad budgets across the industry had been slashed. Clients were not spending money on advertising anymore. And I, you know, I, I this this sort of perfect storm of of okay, do I want this? A, do they want me? Does the industry want me back? B. And um, for those people who are who are in the industry and who do still, you know, see feel the value in, in in creating communications for clients, I mean, what can I offer them? Having gone through this, you know, this uh, uh, I have this sort of wily veterans layoff knowledge, you know, having gone through it a couple times already, that I could pass on. So I, I started blogging and I wrote a blog called Please Feed the Animals that um, was, you know, a blog for the recently unemployed advertising professional. That was that was the sort of tagline underneath the, the title. And um, I, I really just wrote about, um, you know, at first was was, you know, OK, you've been laid off. So here's what you do. You know, here's here's a directory of the uh, unemployment services. You know, here's, um, the, you know, the best days to 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 wait in line to, to file, you know, just a little, like, real, real, um, tactical little things you could do. Um, you know, uh, you know, popular, popular, I think Groupon was launching, you know, right around the time and like, just like things, things that, that people could do to save money and, and stay afloat and, um, how, how to launch a freelance career while you're looking for a full-time job, like real kind of tactical things. And, um, over the course of, of writing this blog and, you know, inviting some guest writers and other people who had lost their jobs and what they were doing just to keep, keep their head above water, um, I started hearing all these really inspiring stories of people who were losing their jobs but not so desperate to get back in because it had really forced them to, to look inward and discover what, what it was that made them tick. And it wasn't always, you know, work until two in the morning writing ad copy. It sometimes it was, um, you know, you know, I, I, I used to paint all the time, you know, and ever since I became an art director in advertising, I stopped painting. Why did I stop painting? Now I'm painting more and, and, and kind of selling my work and getting gallery showings and, and, and having some success. And, um, you know, as other people was like, you know, I've always, I've always roasted coffee. Um, you know, I've, and, and, and now I can, you know, want to explore doing it professionally. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of people. One guy said he was, you know, um, exploring professional motocross racing. Uh, you know, it, it, it just just story after story of people doing something else entirely, and 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 but but something that that spoke from who they were, not what they did. Um, and so I I. The, the blog became really about that, um, about people who are reinventing. I, I just hearing enough of these stories is like, you know, this is, seems really interesting. I, I, <laughs> it feels like it's bigger than a blog. I want to make a film about it, not having ever made a film before. Um, and, and, and at first it was just going to be me and, you know, renting a van and traveling to these, you know, different places around, around the Northeast that, um, different cities around the Northeast that, that, you know, I could just 
get a handy cam and figure out how to do some audio and, and just kind of make a make a little video that might go on YouTube, you know. And that that was the initial plan. But but when I once I just sort of announced it out there to the world on the blog and on Twitter and all that stuff, um, people really talented people, professionals in, in the film and, and editing and advertising world offered their help. And so what was going to be just a, you know, a YouTube video, basically a, a branding, a, a branding video for my blog turned into a much, you know, bigger, bigger project and, and sort of laid out the, laid the groundwork for what would become my, uh, my new reason for being, which was, which was filmmaking and filmmaking in a, in a way that, um, connects with people and, and helps them heal from something in one way or another. That's such an awesome story. You know, it showed up in a way that you completely didn't expect. And I think there's a couple of things actually that we could follow up on, on that story. Maybe to start with, so you started discovering and sharing these stories from other people that were in similar kinds of straits or had similar sorts of events happen in their lives in unanticipated ways. How do you think that the process of hearing and sharing those stories helped you understand who you were independent from your identity as an ad guy? Mm. I remember the the first time it really struck me might not have been until the first day we started filming. Um, it was in it was in L.A. Little side story uh, in one of those one of those things that made me feel like, oh, this is absolutely the right path, you know. Um, besides, uh, the side story is that um, we, I had gathered and sort of curated all these wonderful stories that I knew wanted to be in the film, and a handful of them were on the West Coast. Um, I was in Boston, and, you know, being unemployed and not having a budget to make this film, I was, I, I was trying to figure out ways to, to, to get things either donated or uh sponsored or something and i had just read that um that virgin america had opened up a boston to uh boston to los angeles corridor that they had just started flying this in 2009 just started flying from boston to to uh to la so i wrote a, a blog post i'm pleased with the animals just just a, a, a basically a letter to the head of marketing uh for virgin america and I, I asked, um, you know, basically, you know, told her the, the premise of the film and, and would you like to become the official um, airline of unemployed advertising people, you know, and, and, and put that letter out there and then tweeted her and asked all my influential Twitter friends to, to, to you know, to retweet it. And, um, you know, within an hour or so, she's like, we're on it. And her name is Porter Gale. She's like, we're on it. And, and, and Twitter and, and, you know, Twitter and social media and just asking for it was responsible for me, um, you know, or responsible for, for getting these, getting uh, uh, free flights for me and the crew um, from uh, Boston to LA to do this filming. So that was, that was, um, that's the side story. No, once we got there and started doing the initial filming to answer your initial question, um, uh, Jeannie Shad who was the, um, if you ever see Lemonade, she's the very first person to come up and tell about the story when she got laid off. Um, I started, started, you know, we, we were asking her questions or Mark Colucci, our, our director of the film at the time, I uh, was asking, asking her questions and, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm listening 
and I just felt completely overwhelmed with, um, with, with just like, this is so perfect. You know, this is exactly hearing her share her story, which mirrored mine and the way that she got laid off. And then hearing her tell about her post layoff life where, um, you know, she'd become a consultant and she's working, working with, um, with, with really big companies on, on how to, you know, if you're going to lay people off, here's how to do it in a better way than I got laid off, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and just, you know, her, her, her life just, just felt so, um, you know, so, uh, rich, and it was only because that she had she had gone through this this layoff of something that she really thought that she liked um, was she able to 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 see that there was something so much better. And it just felt so like I just felt like in 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 the flow of of um, my own life and then the flow of of connecting with other human beings and and really feeling like I had found my um, you know but my quote a quote that I said in the movie was you know. I, um, uh, I, I, I got laid off and I found, uh, I found my calling, you know, I mean, that's exactly all, all of a sudden I felt like this is, this is what I'm, what I'm meant to be doing. That's such an awesome piece of that movie is, you know, story after story. It's like, you know, this really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. But then once I got a little bit of distance from that and once I, you know, sort of breathed that in and saw this new opportunity, look at what I can do now without these other constraints. Yeah. I mean, you see it every, you know, it's, 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 it's such a, uh, overused metaphor, but you know, winter turns to spring, you know, and, and, you know, you have to die to one thing to be born into something else. It's almost impossible to, to know what the rebirth is going to be when you're dying as an ad guy or you're dying as a, you know, as a, uh, you know, a, a Detroit auto worker. Um, but it, invariably you know there's 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 a rebirth and having a, a a faith that the rebirth will happen is 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 a really powerful thing to feel while you're while you're going through the you know it, it, it might not become obvious for for a while um you might have to continue your struggle for a while in fact you do have to continue your struggle for a while but uh um, knowing that the struggle will be worth it is, um, is, is, is comforting. Mm. Yeah. That fits in with the other thing that I want to make sure we don't let go by from your previous description, which was you didn't know anything about making movies. No, <laughs> you lead into this. It's like, I don't know how to make movies. Probably anybody around you that would offer an opinion would say, you're crazy for doing this, but yet you pursued this path and the help that you needed showed up. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, I had, I had a, 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 um, ignorant confidence that I, that, that, you know, and, and almost, I, I think it really helped me in a way to, to, it was to not know what I didn't know. Mm. And, um, I just knew what I wanted very clear, you know, and I think I've had various levels of success and, and not, not, success since then in in like you know having having uh, a very clear picture of what 
what it is that I wanted and what result that I wanted. And, and that made all the difference because I didn't, had zero idea how I was going to get there, but I knew like I wanted to make this film and you know, the, 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 the folly is in saying that I, that I, that I could do it on my own because there's no way I could have done it on my own. Really talented filmmakers made it possible. I just had a vision. You know, I was just a guy with a vision. I knew that I, that I wanted to get it done and I would go so far as to write a blog post, uh, a personal letter to the head of marketing for Virgin America to get it done. The vision was clear and the people who were good at, at making it happen um, were on board with it. It was infectious, I think. Uh, if, I, if I'll take credit for anything, it was for infecting a whole bunch of other people who were talented than I was to, to make it happen with me. I, I learned that one of the ways that I wanted to redefine myself was not just as an ad guy, but as a filmmaker um, through that process and, and have, have, you know, developed my skills in, in, uh, in different ways since then. Some of it pretty, you know, that just comes from who I am and some of it I have to learn and a lot of it that I'm still learning. Most of it I'm still learning. So you unexpectedly and somewhat painfully shed this identity as Eric, the ad guy yeah, and took on this new identity as Eric, the documentary filmmaker. Can you talk a little bit about that process of moving from this previous world to making lemonade and now embracing other movies and jumping into other projects? Well, I will say that that evolution is still in process. You know, I, I still work on a contracted basis for, for different agencies around the country doing what I'm trained in, doing what I, I spent 15 years, you know, honing, honing a craft and doing. I feel incredibly lucky, incredibly blessed that I'm able to make a living or make a living in advertising on my own terms because, you know, film projects come up and there tend to be some space between them. You know, I, I put everything I had into, into 365 in Pennsylvania where I was living there and, you know, working, um, full time on that you know that ended and then there's a gap between that and the next film project and that i'm still i'm still sussing out but in the meantime i'm still able to fall back on eric the ad guy and i guess that's the that's that's sort of a, a big lesson for me and for for anybody i i talk to or anybody who might be listening is that um you know, having a singular definition of, of who you are and, and based based on just on your career. Because, you know, Eric the ad guy does not leave me any room to become Eric the filmmaker. And Eric the filmmaker does not leave me any room to still be Eric the ad guy or Eric the dad Or if, if I'm only defined by one thing. I did this big ceremonial release of my Eric the ad guy identity where in advertising, there's so many annual award shows where People congratulate themselves <laughs> um, by, uh, you know, saying you you have won uh, a gold pencil or a gold bowl or a gold lion or a gold blah blah blah. You know, some trinket. You know, indicating how awesome you are in the ad world. And the results of that that particular award show, like Cannes, is coming up. Uh, I think it might be happening now or coming up in the next week or two. The advertising award show where you know you get this giant hardcover book that costs you know, at least a hundred dollars and inside is, is all the award-winning work, you know? And I had, I had probably a hundred of those you know, different, you know, some hardcover, some softcover, some thick, something advertising award show annuals, uh, that, that, you know, cost anywhere from 50 to a hundred dollars a piece. 
and you know just accumulated over the years and i i made the the real deliberate effort to give them away here you know i'm i'm shedding my identity as an ad guy i gifted all of my uh, award show annuals to 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 different people in in the ad industry who who you know still in them and still wanted them and uh um i'm a filmmaker now you know and and the folly in that is that i i'm trying to i just replaced one pseudo identity with another pseudo identity i'm not just eric the ad guy i'm not just eric the filmmaker i'm i'm a, I'm a living breathing breathing creative individual <laughs> you know and and um when i tried to identify myself by just one thing again as a filmmaker um you know, i think that you you run into some trouble doing that so now i'm a much more free-flowing outlook on on my own life my own career path you know, there's there's a lot of things that I do, uh, as AJ said. You know, I mean, he left finance, you know, because it, you know he was trained and, and taught growing up and going to school that you do one thing and you do it well, and he he calls bullshit on that, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that's a lesson that I, that I've only learned recently because I thought you do one thing, advertising and do it well, do one thing, filmmaking and do it well. Well, you know what? There's a whole there's a whole bunch of very fulfilling things that um, that can also earn me a living. That's not just one thing, and and so I'm I'm over the last year or so have really um, embraced the variance in in my own career, and, and whether it's you know still working for agencies, writing for clients, guest blogging, writing uh, you know working on films, uh, which has been the focus. Working on films has been the focus, but it's not my singular definition, not anymore. I love the way that you do on set. I think a common trap when we go through these reinvention processes is to say, okay, so I'm at a pivotal point in my life. I'm reinventing. The old stuff is bad. The new stuff is good. But it's really not that simple. And in fact, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. The fact that you spent 15 years as Eric the ad guy makes Eric the filmmaker all the more effective and unique. It's all that previous experience that gets rolled up into who we are today right? that gets new expression into the world in all kinds of crazy ways. And maybe tomorrow you won't be Eric the filmmaker. You'll be Eric the some other creative expression guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I actually um, investigated what, what it would be. I had this idea that I'll just throw out there because I think somebody should do it in case – yeah, I don't end up ever getting to it, but this thought to make a um, a, a pared down house house cleaning service just called um, dishes and laundry. You know, and all they do is just come in and just do because to me those are the two biggest banes of my existence. You know, it's like sure. you know, oh god, the, the, the things that just keep accumulating and don't and don't ever just feel done. You know, and just have somebody come in like once every other day and just do your dishes and laundry for you and. You know, and, and I was—I actually looked into making that as a as a as a as a business, you know, and 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 finding a way to, um, you know, well, what would that what would that look like? How you know who, who how could I keep my cost down? Who would be the who would be my who would be my staff? What what's the administration like? And I actually kind of considered it for a while. So yeah, I mean, who knows? I could, you know, one day be operating the next um, great house cleaning service. <laughs> but you know, there are there are people who are born to do certain things. You know, there are there are physicians who are born to be physicians. There are humanitarians who are born to be humanitarians. And people who couldn't do anything else but engineer computer software or or, or do video games, you know, for a living. And there's a, a huge honor and incredible um, 
in a lot of ways, I wish I was blessed to have that singularity and having a, such a clear I, I, idea about what I what I was meant to do with my life. But mine is a little messier than that, you know. Uh, mine's my, mine, and I think for a lot of people, especially at, at MisfitCon and Fargo, aren't so clearly defined. And and all all we want to do is is make a connection with the world, make the world a better place than it was when we entered it, and make a little bit of a dent. And how we do that isn't always so neatly packaged in the in what we learned in college. The degree we got and the training we received isn't the only way to, to make that, that dent. Um, and, you know, I'm only recently finding peace in the nuances of that, that I, I can make a, a, a lot of little dents. And, uh, and it feels pretty good. Life is messy. Life is marvelously messy. And all yeah. of these things fold into the whole. Absolutely. So if we take all these, these various threads that we've been talking about, the purpose of this show, A Congruent Life, is really to explore these themes of authenticity and reinvention and happiness and uh, you know how we manifest that into the world. So in that context, what would you say that living authentically or congruently means to you? One thing we discovered, uh, you and I discovered, was that we have a common friend in uh, State College, Pennsylvania, somebody who actually I actually filmed for my movie um, named Joel Blunk, and he was on a previous podcast of yours. And um, he turned me on to a book called uh, Soulcraft. And to me, living authentically is really, and, and, and it can change. And this can change from day to day or year to year. But, you know, it is, is, it's living according to what that little voice inside your head or inside your soul is is, te- is telling you how to live. And that can be messy sometimes, too, because we are programmed to, to live by certain societal norms. You know, get, get the stable job, have the stable family, live the stable life. When really the thing, there's something inside of us screaming for something else. Having the courage to listen to that voice is authenticity. You know, even if it's just degrees, even if it's just a volunteering after do your nine to five uh, in the thing that speaks to you or finding a way to make a living doing the thing that speaks to you. That's authenticity, being honest with the person you are and radiating that, you know, identity outward, whether it's, you know, volunteering, making a movie going back to school, connecting with another human being on a podcast. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just being who you are and, and, and not necessarily what you do. Eric, how can our listeners engage with you and find out more about your movies and engage with your work? Well, anybody can email me anytime. It's Eric with a K at fightingmonk.com. That's my email address. Uh, my films are... Um, the one that we talked a lot about is Lemonade, and that's LemonadeMovie.com. The Detroit follow-up is LemonadeDetroit.com. And the film about Pennsylvania uh, and everything that happened post-Jerry Sandusky at uh, State College is uh, 365DaysTheFilm.com. So 365DaysTheFilm.com. 
Perfect. We'll make sure to link to those movies in the show notes. Awesome. Well, Eric Pru, I'm really glad that we made the connection in this way. It's so good to spend that time with you in Fargo and discover you and your work and discover our mutual friends. And uh, I'm really excited about that. And thanks for sharing this time with us and uh, sharing your wisdom on a congruent life. You're very welcome, Andy. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Pru. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 53 or net slash pru, which is spelled P-R-O-U-L-X. On that page are links to Eric's movies, which you can watch online, and I highly recommend. I really appreciate your continued support of the show. It's really gratifying to me that you're finding these conversations so inspiring and supportive. Thanks so much for the feedback on that. If you would, please take a quick moment to leave a review for the show at acongruentlife.net slash iTunes or acongruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to and supporting A Congruent Life. I really appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at a congruent life.net. See you next time.